The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. So today marks 18 years um, since 9-11. As you know, uh, 19 men hijacked uh, four loaded U.S. commercial airplanes bound for West Coast destinations. A total of 2,977 people were killed in New York City, Washington, D.C., excuse me, and outside of Shanksville, Pennsylvania. The attack was orchestrated by Osama bin Laden, the uh, leader of al-Qaeda. Those who perished, um, well, of those who died during the initial attacks and the collapses of those towers, 343 were New York City firefighters, 23 were New York City police officers, 37 were officers at the Port Authority, And there were 26 Canadians who were killed on that day. There were people killed from 93 different countries on September 11th. The victims ranged in age from two years of age to 85 years of age. Um, At the Pentagon in Washington, 184 people were killed near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. 40 passengers and crew members aboard United Airlines Flight 93 died when the plane crashed into a field. As of July of this year, 60% of the World Trade Center victims' remains have been positively identified, and that's according to the medical examiner's office. And I think it's important to to reflect on, on days like this because certainly it's a day that changed our world and uh, the impacts of we're still feeling today in New York today uh, first responders and volunteers who risked to save their lives uh, who, who risked their lives rather to save others were were honored the 9-11 Memorial Museum uh, the names of those who died uh, were read out as they have been every year since, starting at 840. And, and I think back, and I think back to that mo- that morning, and, and I remember it, it's, it's one of those moments, you know, where were you, what were you thinking, what, you know, that rank up there probably for, with some of you as, you know, um, where were you uh, when JFK was shot? Where were you when the shuttle uh, blew up? Um, where were you on 9-11? And I have to tell you that um, that morning um, I was living, um, I had just moved to, to Edmonton. I hadn't been here uh, very long, just about uh, over a year. And uh, my husband, my then husband called me and woke me up and said, you need to get out of bed. And I'm like, what's going on? He says, just get up and turn on the TV. And that's how I spent the next couple of hours before having to get ready 
to go to work. And I can remember arriving at the Global Edmonton newsroom and like all hell's broken loose. We're trying to cover this, trying to figure out what is going on. And I think by that point, we had been... You know, taking the local coverage had been t- taken off, and, and 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 we just went to network coverage. And I remember my 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 dear friend Linda Steele, who was six o'clock news anchor at that time. She was working on something, trying to get it done for something else, and she's working in the corner at her desk. And um, she had earphones in because everything was. You can just imagine, you know, what what the newsroom was like. There was TVs blaring all over the place, scanners going all over the place, people talking, people trying to figure it, running all over, you know, like that. If you've ever watched a movie where all hell is breaking loose in a newsroom, <laughs> excuse me, that's pretty much what it was like. And I can remember just standing there, and there we had banks of TVs, like five, six, seven TVs all lined up. And just watching it and wondering what the heck just happened. And I can remember turning to Linda and saying to her, I said, we'll never cover anything like this again in our lifetime. And she looked at me and she said, we better hope not. We better hope that we never cover something like this ever again in our lifetime. And those those words just still resonate and and the days that followed and being so consumed, um, consumed because for me it was work, but even outside of work, I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't turn the coverage off. I would go home and I would turn on the TV and I would sit there and I would watch it and watch it and watch it and take notes and try to remember things. And then trying to be on the news desk when, you know, the, the first services started to happen and, and trying to, to, to hold, hold your mm together because things were so overwhelming. And I can remember it got to the point, you remember there was the big um, concert there was the concert, it was televised, and it was all of these stars coming together and singing different songs, and I think um, you know, it was like New York State of Mind by Billy Joel, and I think James Taylor sang uh, Fire and Rain, and I was sitting there on this cream leather couch that we had, and we had just gotten our puppy dog, Neil, at that time, and I was holding on to him, and I'm just bawling my eyes out just bawling my eyes out. And I didn't know why. I didn't know why. I didn't know any of these people. I just knew that it was horrific. And I knew that our world had changed. And and we continue to see those changes. My husband at the time came in from the kitchen and he looked at me and he says, Jay, you need to turn that TV off. You need to turn it off. You can't keep doing this. And it was at that point after however many weeks it was that I finally turned the TV off um, and then started to kind of move forward without thinking about it constantly. But that is all we did uh, in a newsroom for for weeks was 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 cover this from here and you know in in the in the days and the and the months and and the weeks that that followed 
this, you started to hear these these uh, these amazing stories of heroism. These 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 firefighters, the police officers that ran in when everyone was coming out. We we've heard about, of course, um, Gander, Newfoundland, and and how this tiny tiny town on the east coast took in so many like thousands of passengers who had been diverted because the airspace was was shut down. Yeah, I don't know if you went to see Come From Away when it was here um, earlier this year, late last year, but it was an incredibly powerful, powerful musical. And, and maybe you're not into musicals, maybe you don't like plays, but if you ever get a chance, go see it. It it will make you incredibly proud to be Canadian. If you've never been to Newfoundland, doesn't matter. It's going to make you feel impre- incredibly proud to be Canadian. But it also will dig up some of those old feelings those those feelings of kind of reliving uh, some of those moments that that we went through, and and one of the reasons why I think it is so very important to keep talking about this or remembering, we'll never have a future if we don't remember the past. Uh, a veteran told me once, is that that launched Canadians' involvement into the war in Afghanistan, right? Don't forget that. That led to 40,000 plus Canadian soldiers over how many years being sent to Afghanistan. Um, You know, the first ones went in there. The first commandos from the Joint Task Force 2 ended up in Afghanistan in December of 2001. So what's that? September, October, three months later. More Canadian soldiers arrived in January of 2002. They joined American and, and British troops. Some Many of those soldiers from right here in Edmonton. And then, of course, you'll have to remember this, is that it was just a short time after that, April 17th, 2002, the first Canadian soldiers to die in in uh, in um, well, the first Canadian soldiers to die in Af- in Afghanistan, and since the Korean War, like uh, while they were at war, it happened. Four Edmonton-based soldiers. One of those, one of the widows of one of those soldiers, said to me once. I had interviewed her. And and we got talking about it. And I said to her, I said, you know, what about September 11th? I mean, this is what led to your husband being deployed to Afghanistan. And uh, she said to me, she said, I remember talking to my mom that day and saying, Mom, this is this is going to change my life. And her mom said back to her, you know, hon, it's, it's going to change everybody's life. And she said, no, I, I know that this is going to change my life. And it did. Um, What, seven months later, her husband was dead, along with three other men. 154 other Canadian soldiers would end up dying in Afghanistan. Thousands injured. So when people ask me, why do we keep bringing it up? Why do we keep talking about it? Why do we take a moment to remember, for me, is those reasons. Uh, 
is to remember all of those who died that day, to remember and honour uh, the six or the 26 Canadians who died on that day, and to remember and honour the 158 Canadian soldiers who died as a direct result of 9-11. And I pay tribute to their families and to their loved ones for their grace under pressure, for their, their, their strength and their courage as they continued to move on. If you have a thought on this, the anniversary of 9-11, you can call me at 496-0063. We'll take a break here. Dave, your phone call's up next. More than 200 planes were diverted to Canadian airports. Uh, Transport Canada says 224 flights carrying 33,000 passengers landed on Canadian soil. NAV Canada says 238 uh, planes landed. Depends on which one you're looking at uh, there. And I had mentioned about um, about uh, Gander, Newfoundland, and about uh, how many people. 37 flights were diverted to the town's airport. The community of less than 10,000 people suddenly had to find shelter and food for 6,700 people. Dave is on the phone. Dave, you're a retired flight attendant? I am, that's correct. And you were working on 9-11? The day of 9-11, thank God I had the day off. But what happened at that day not only affected what happened in the industry from an insider's point of view, mm. but also affected my family life as well. I got that I had a, my son was 10 at the time, um, came home distraught, totally distraught about what was going on. Life continued on. Once I got back into flying, sure, the next few days when everything got back to normal, started going back flying, I dealt with nothing but trauma just from my son. He would be in tears every time he knew I had to go for a flight because he he knew he thought in his mind that I was never going to come back. Our industry was such that at the very beginning, the early stages of when I first started flying many, many years ago, if we ever dealt with a situation, example-wise terrorists, whatever, we were originally told to befriend them, be on their side type of thing, let them believe that. Then it suddenly happened to the point that there there was no longer a, a position or, or an opportunity of any form of negotiation. Everything we were taught for years changed yeah basically to the survival aspect do what you have to do to eliminate the threat changed everything mm. and i retired early and that was i will put that as as the biggest reason for me no not never mind what happened to the trauma to my family but just i, I took a different look on i was acceptance of everybody yeah. and suddenly overnight i was looking at people with out with, oh, yeah. uh, I wonder if this guy's one of them. I wonder if this lady's one of them. And it just, that's not the person I was. And from from a dream job, what I used to have to the world, literally, like everybody saying, the world changed. Yeah. Even, you know, being a crew member. Mm-hmm. I, the empathy, what you feel for the crews that were lost. Never mind all the other people, but just even the crews. Yeah. What was Your going colleagues. through their minds. You know, Dave, how difficult was it for you to get back on the plane after it happened? You weren't working. You weren't working the day it happened. What was it I like? I wasn't working. It was about uh, as soon as the airspace was cleared. Needless to say, I was one of the ones that was called. There were so many crews stranded literally all over the place. We had a crew that was stranded for six days up in Yellowknife yeah. that was completely yeah, forgotten yeah. by the airline. Yeah. I, what was it like getting back on the plane that first time Fearful. afterwards? Fearful. 
fearful. Instead of looking at my passengers and greeting them, I was suddenly looking at them on who am I going to have to Judging them. possibly tackle or yeah. do something with. My perspective of every passenger that got on that airplane changed. My outlook to humanity changed. And that just, I'm going to break down here. Just it, I thought it was over that, but the emotions, listening to you talking as to what was going on, brought all back all these emotions. Yeah. And you know what? I, I had to share it. Just It's not just the victims that died that day, which, you know, made their souls rest in peace for eternity. But the, the, the smallest individual involved in this, the effect that it had on him, it was just unbelievable. And I just wanted to share what happened to me personally. It changed my life. My dream job began, became something that I was fearful of. Yeah. Dave, I want to thank you for sharing that with me and um, your, your, your honesty and your emotion. Um, it's, it's very much respected, and I appreciate you taking the time today. Absolutely. God bless you and God bless the survivors, because sometimes, you know what, they're even more of a victim than the ones that unfortunately lost their lives. Truth. Thank you, David. Thank you. Take care.